Hey everybody, this is Zach. This is not Zach. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, today we're going to be discussing the what what should should have probably been the official D and D movie uh, called Your Highness. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was watching the film. I'm talking to my wife, and I was like, I know exactly why Zach likes this because it's just. <laughs> It's like a D&D game brought to life. Just some <laughs> friends hanging out. It's kind of I I don't know if you've seen the uh the uh what's it? It's it's the meme where uh it's like a, a picture of of Lord of the Rings and it's like what what I want my D&D game to be and it's a picture of Monty Python and it's what my mm-hmm. D&D game actually is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, this this movie should have totally been the uh, the D movie <laughs> um, it's kind of wild that it wasn't um mm-hmm. i didn't know that it had existed until i caught it on netflix but uh we'll get into that later um this will probably be a huge baby me section so let's let's go ahead and start eating this elephant bite by bite <laughs> um did you want to go first or did you want me to oh this is like so did we want do you want to share your uh, pamphlet with the good news, or do you want me to read the whole Bible to you? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Do we want the pamphlet, or do we want the Bible first? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go ahead and let you go first. Okay, gotcha. So, um, I'll probably sabotage you several times, so it's good. Well, pro- I, I feel like that we're going to talk about this for a while, so I'll do the, the easiest one first. Mm-hmm. Um and it is uh, Minecraft Dungeons. My uh, my wife and I uh, have been playing. It's the like there's a definitive story, and once you get to the story, it's just grinding and building up your character. Um, mm-hmm. And it, Minecraft Dungeons is is kind of like Diablo for kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's still it's an isometric view like Diablo, like most hack and slash games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's styled like Minecraft. Um, now, one of the really cool things about it being so low res is that when you equip your character with new gear, it's reflected exactly as it's depicted. It's not like, you know, buffing it up to the next tier, like in Diablo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, also, when you level up, you equip your your gear with points. Um that has different attributes like does lightning damage or <clears throat> will cast this extraneous spell when it hits or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you get tired of using it, you just get the points back when you get rid of the item. So you're, you're constantly staying at the same power level, mm-hmm. um, which is a really interesting way of, of gating people just losing power and having to get stuck into certain classes. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's the other thing is that there's no class. <clears throat> your characters are just your characters and you, you decide how you'd like them to, um, be powered and whatnot. Now, like we've finished the game and like the base game, I think came with the first DLC, but they released like three or four different DLCs with different worlds, different levels, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. I, so like... <laughs> My wife actually jumped around in class and how she built her, mm-hmm. her character. Mm-hmm. But once I found the like three items I liked, the, the problem with 
the items being the way you level up is that once I found my items, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to get rid of that and mm-hmm. lose the points that I've already invested in this. And I don't know if I like this new thing well enough to reinvest. <laughs> so I'm just going to stick like this. Yeah. So like <laughs> giving you that chance of having that stability, you're like, I choose stability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, why would I take a chance on something that's been working for my character and very well mm-hmm. <laughs> just to change up the play style well, that's yeah. not how i hack and slash <laughs> sorry i pick one hack i pick one slash and then i start using them yeah I, <laughs> exactly <laughs> but no it's it's a really fun time i can see a lot of people having fun with this game with their kids if they're trying to introduce them to the types of games like diablo or torchlight or whatnot um maybe even gauntlet legacy if you're old school enough that you still like playing your 64 um but not expose them to the story that is diablo or torchlight Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i don't need you to get on the hard stuff right now yeah i I want you to play with me yeah, I don't really need you to see this video of this like fully articulated skeleton growing meat <laughs> that's coming to attack us. I'm not ready for the months of nightmares <laughs> that I have to deal with from showing you that fucking video. <laughs> oh man, I'm just imagining some monster showing like a six year old. <laughs> like this is rad i love this stuff when i was your age it's like meanwhile when i was your age means when i was a teenager not six (laughs) the child's like can we stop please and he's like no you must watch and play with me (laughs) the absolute monster that's just like gonna traumatize you because they need a playing partner oh god (laughs) um and then I, uh, I I also, moving on to the next thing, and this is why I said this will take a while, is I um, got myself current, uh, or not current, but uh, watched the Marvel movies that I had missed out on during the pandemic, mm-hmm. post-Black Widow. So, my surface level, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. is two thumbs up on Shang-Chi, um one thumbs up one thumbs down on eternals one thumbs up on spider-man no way home and two thumbs up on dr strange in the multiverse of madness (laughs) oh that's a hot take that last one oh is it yeah really i thought that that was a popular no two thumbs up on dr strange multiverse of madness compared to one thumbs up for spider-man oh oh i see what you're saying okay yeah well so Okay, explain your hot take. Let me no no I I'll 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 get to my hot take. <laughs> the so with with uh, Shang Chi, I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. It really opens up. Like obviously, they're trying to get into the the mystical realms that are not the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with that movie, it also opened up a huge huge diversity problem that they were kind of starting to have yeah um and honestly shang chi i thought was scheduled to be in the original slate of movies back when it was a paramount thing before disney bought them um and so it you know it was really interesting to see a wuxia movie 
made by Marvel because that's effectively what a lot of the powers are. Um, mm -hmm. Especially in the, the, the last battle, which honestly, this one seems a lot more like the Iron Fist comics than the Iron Fist show was. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever mm -hmm. read any of the Iron Fist comics, mm -hmm. um, Shang-Chi really has that feel. I, I don't know if Shang-Chi is even published as a character anymore. I know he was a um, character from like 70s, 80s. Or he had I, like I a, cur a current print, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think it's a current current uh, comic, is it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, it's, yeah, so 73 is when he was introduced. Um, let's see. Yeah, it looks like he's mainly in graphic novels and, um, like, an ancillary character in other comics. Um, like, he's in Ultimate Marvel. But, like, he, he pops up in, in other places. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what that's about. But I um, I do like the, the movie. Highly recommend it to people who <clears throat> maybe like kung fu movies. Yeah, it was. Because, uh, I mean, that's the character he is. Like, yeah, he yeah. had some had fun, some fun action sequences and things like that. Yep. Um, Eternals. <clears throat> I think I was telling you previously. It, so this would have been a really like. I was not shocked. A, not a ten out of ten, but it would have been like a maybe an eight out of ten if it were just like non-marvel branded like sci-fi movie mm -hmm. right like yeah. it's, if it was pitched as like you know just a standalone property yeah because i think it would have had a little bit more room to to spread its wings as a standalone property it would it would i don't know if that's the point you're making but it it would have been able to be a lot more than what it was because it wouldn't had to be within like a, a contextual box of like a whole other set of licenses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, and, and the, yeah, that's, that's largely what I mean. Like, because the way they've released it, because the Eternals are from so far long ago, um, it, there are obvious questions like, Hey, where were these guys during the snap? Mm -hmm. Like their whole, and I'm, <clears throat> by the time this comes out that that movie will have been out a while so i feel free to do spoilers since you've also seen it um mm -hmm. i it, it's experienced just, it yes it's i i don't know why everyone raved about the shots in this movie a lot of them were good i guess mm -hmm. um i'm not a cinematographer but they they look like shots that you see in other films yeah um they're like it's just they have cg in them you know mm -hmm. um i'm i'm not quite sure what all the rave over the cinematography of this movie was but again i'm not a cinematographer um <clears throat> i feel that like coming in with the hot takes okay. <laughs> <laughs> i i i i don't know i feel like they could have just adapted the storyline from um the the neil gaiman um mm. comic because it's it's already storyboarded and it would have it would run you know three-ish hours or so 
mm-hmm. it would kind of make sense because that <clears throat> is happening after the uh, that one is happening right after the inhumanity storyline so it's mm-hmm. a little bit old but it's still like you could you could replace the snap with the or you could replace the inhumanity line that the comic is commenting on mm-hmm. with the snap that this movie should have been commenting on. Um, and yeah, like there are just so many better ways they could have done this movie and, and had it be a, the standout that I think they were hoping for it to be. And it just kind of is a, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the, uh, I remember reading, um, someone commenting about Marvel's different phases related to like how creatively they were doing and talking someone trying to some, a take that I hadn't heard before and hadn't even really thought about and that phase one being largely led by like comic experienced people like the storylines kind of drawn out from a company perspective like we're going to take from the comics and then put it on the screen. And then obviously like directors are going to be able to come in, but we have a very specific story that we're trying to tell that borrows from like this line or this line or this line. And now it's more like, okay, we're going to take elements and then we're going to try to put those elements together from the lines instead of like doing like a a more, not exactly a one-to-one, but at least this is like what we were going for from like a storyline perspective, a little bit more solidly one-to-one. And then translating and now it's more like okay give us your interpretation and then that ends up being stronger in some respects and not as strong in, in some because watching the eternals probably the best part for me from like just a, a casual marvel movie action watcher would be the third act because that's when everybody just starts punching each other in the face and so for yeah. me i'm like oh this communicates on what i would expect from a film like this whereas the the like 45 minutes up until where we reach like okay here we're gonna have some kind of conflict (laughs) we're gonna give you a long time with them being worshipped and then we're gonna go into like oh how much some of them love the worship and others like play it off in different ways and then we're gonna build up tension between you and then we're gonna try to introduce you as like these celestial things and it's just like having to work on so many different I don't know, scales at once for a film like that. And then at the end, they're like, okay, here's the regular Marvel action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, like that's, that's also one of the issues, I guess, with, with this movie is that it, it resolves everything the way every other Marvel movie does, even though it claims that it's trying to do a different thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, spoilers for for wandavision but like that show just ended in a fist fight like Mm -hmm. i (laughs) that's that's the opposite of what they were like commenting on the entire run of that show just like this one ends with just a giant fist fight Mm -hmm. pretty much um so yeah, I mean, it, it would be better as a standalone science fiction property, but like as it is now, we've we've got to figure out okay, well, how how do we make sense of these guys and where they were when Thanos snapped half of the population? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because yeah. like their whole thing is that they're 
they're um, protecting, right? They're, mm. they're, they're protecting this, this uh, celestial that's, that's growing in the earth. Mm-hmm. And the thing is growing because people are living on the planet, but then half of its food source goes away. Why did they not step in and <laughs> help out? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? baby need yum yams. Baby need yum yams. I gotta get involved. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like their whole purpose there is like I, I would think that half Preserve of the life. food source yeah. being gone is a huge problem. <laughs> I love how you just you just called them like food source, like because that's how they should be looking at them. Humans yeah. are the food source, but they don't know that they're not in on the secret. They're supposed to protect them. They don't know that they're actual cattle for the slaughter. Yeah, they're also androids, though. <laughs> You'd think that there would be an emergency like thing controlling their actions when yeah. when certain like dangers. triggers. Yeah, yeah like. <laughs> Oh no, the food source has been drastically depleted. What do we do? <laughs> I'm going to take all of these out of character actions to <laughs> execute order 99. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, so also I don't know why I like did they did Camille request that they give him a personal trainer? Or did they give him a personal trainer to get buffed up? Because there was no reason that I could see for him to have gotten that. <laughs> that, that was so weird for me to watch right. too, because he doesn't get like shirtless scenes. Like no, he's like from behind. He has his shirt off once, and like mm-hmm. man, dude has some traps. But like, yeah, <laughs> they could, like if it was that much of a problem, they could have used a body double. Like yeah. he keeps his like form fitting. Yeah, plate yeah. You don't you don't really get to see all his muscling, no. like that that photo shot in the magazine, like where him ripping. He never got to do that throughout the whole movie, where he was just like jacked up, yeah, like I, fully honestly, oiled. That never happened in the movie. I honestly thought that that was maybe a test photo for like, okay, are you the right level of bulk so that when we get this shot in the movie, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to look super weird. And and they're like, yeah, this test photo is fantastic. Mm -hmm. No shot like that. But (laughs) just in case we wanted you to, we wanted to know that you could look like that. I, yeah. Like, I wonder how, like if, if it wasn't (laughs) him just kind of narcissistically getting a personal trainer because he thought he was going to get shirtless. Like, and they, if Mm -hmm. Disney actually sent him a personal trainer and said, we're going to whip the piss out of you and turn Mm -hmm. you into a muscled God. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Like, how would you feel if you were sitting in the premiere and you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah. I didn't have a single goddamn carb yeah. for 18 months. Yeah. So so hot hot take on that. That's I'm gonna hot take on top of your hot take. Okay. Just like waffles on there. So it's obvious at, at this state of development with things that there are reasonable timelines to achieve a certain level of physical fitness. Yeah. And there are unreasonable timelines to reach right. a certain level of physical fitness and without having hormonal enhancements. Like yeah. there's no way there's not juice involved in that transition. And I don't mean like there's like, there's like Trenoball and there's like 
yeah. other different substances. There's like aromatase inhibitors. Yeah, they don't have to be like injecting HGH in their toes. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah. There's all different kinds of things. And that doesn't take away from like the level of work because to be that dialed in, your diet's got to be crazy. Yeah. You know, you know, your, your workout routines have to be like super dialed in and with a little bit of chemical enhancement, you can get that level of like ripped in that timeline. That's not to say that's an inhuman level of fitness, Sure. but for the timeline that it was achieved in, uh, cause you'll have the same thing, you know, and, and I'm just not going to pick on, uh, Camille, you know, obviously like Bale's transformation for Batman. It's like, oh, there's just no way you can be eating apples and then to bulk up to where you're so big on the time they come to shoot. They're like, listen, you're actually too big. We need you to like cut back a little bit because you're too huge. You showed up too big and we need to dial that back a little bit. Um, So that's actually the Batman I want to see. I want to see the Batman that he showed up as where they were just like, no, you are too Frank Miller right now. Like you're just too gigantic. So like there's, there's something to be said for like, everyone has a different set of metabolism and like he he has cut a tremendous amount of weight in a short period of time for, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the machinist. Yeah. Um, like in in that case it was an extreme to the point where the director was like i will shut down production on this movie if you don't eat a goddamn sandwich yeah because this is getting dangerously close yeah to you like having liver failure (laughs) um because he was eating like a handful of rice and like a third of a can of tuna every like per day to get get down to that and so yeah, like I could see him possibly putting a bunch of that weight back on, maybe not in muscle, but like if you eat, you know, thirty milkshakes a day, I'm, I'm sure you can you can bulk up real quick. You but, can yeah, you can get the calories in there, yeah. but that's not muscle. And so yeah. yeah, like I can totally see what you're saying about there, there's probably other products that <laughs> the studio not to take away like, because like hey. I'm not in the shape that I could be with just like regular no kind of enhancement like i haven't put the work or the effort into it yeah it's a whole different thing but i think also if the studio were paying someone a hundred thousand dollars a year to come specifically to you and only you Mm -hmm. and 10 hours a day just like make you work out (laughs) would probably look like a god as well (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely that involved look he was uh 120 pounds for the machinist in 2004 Oh, Bale. I, I was still thinking about Kamel. Um, oh. I was like, I don't think he was ever that small. He's a pretty <laughs> tall guy. He wasn't like a small child. Yeah. And then he grew up to a full-grown man. Uh, so I'm trying to see how much he weighed for the Batman, in any case. Uh, probably 230, I would assume. Yeah, then that's just huge. In that, like, that's a lot. That's huge in that time frame. And... Yeah. <clears throat> any case i the only thing i reason i think it's it may deserve a little bit more focus is that you get people that get an unrealistic expectation of like what's possible um with chemical assistance like many like in the industry experience i just mean from like a bodybuilding perspective yeah 
and then like what's possible for like a normal human based on like what they're eating and and time frames of what things are possible and you know because it just i think there's a really unhealthy perspective on you know, like what fitness looks like from like an aesthetic perspective oh yeah yeah absolutely i mean i mean is it cool that the the rock is so gigantic that he has to have custom made suits made for him <laughs> custom made clothes made for him mm-hmm. kind of but like on the other hand like there's a lot of steroids involved <laughs> in there have to be yeah so she there has age his like, age, his level of leanness. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah. like, if you look at someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, mm-hmm. over the year, like, yeah, during Pumping Iron, he was gigantic, and he he was also, like, 23 or 24 and had been doing it for 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. You look in the 80s, he's he's a little bit less defined. Like, they, they're starting to have to use, like, oil to really show a bunch of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now, like, yeah, he's still a pretty big guy, but he's you know he's in his 60s or 70s or however old he is and (laughs) you know he's he's a big guy that would probably beat the piss out of me Mm -hmm. to get into a fist fight but he's still just a regular dude yeah you know he's not like gacked with muscles (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't look like the literal black adam no Yeah, if if you can make yourself look like a comic book character from the eighties, like good mm-hmm. God, like yeah. what chemicals are you putting into yourself? Like even those characters had chemicals put into themselves to yeah. make them look like that. Yeah. a lot of them. I, I saw there was a uh, like a, a video where a bodybuilder was um, someone like in the fitness community was looking up like Black Adam, yeah, uh, and watching the trailer. And then they wanted to go see like what the character looked like. And so they looked at an illustrated, like drawn version of the character. And they were like, man, that guy's like, he, he's got like Ronnie, like Coleman, like level traps. And like, look at the rows, like over here of his, like his, uh, his rib section. Like that's from like this other bodybuilder guy. And he was like breaking it down from an aesthetic viewpoint. And he was like, like how unrealistic that body shape was, but also how, he could look at it and see like where it was idealized like specifically so he'd be like oh like this muscle group in the front like pectoral region like that only certain people have this depending on their body composition so this is like an idealized version being broke down of that character as as their musculature so yeah interesting perspective yeah yeah i mean you can you have people who can bulk up like that, that's not what i'm saying like and this isn't me trying to be defaming or anything but but yeah like you're 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 right though still that there, there has to be some chemicals because yeah. like when i was a kid the um the neighbor next door his his dad um owned a uh, uh gym specifically set up for bodybuilders mm. and so like i've met like lee haney for example oh, okay wow um it, everyone go online and take a picture or t- take a look at a picture of lee haney when he was mr olympia like mm-hmm. they drug test the shit out of people at the mr olympia <laughs> bodybuilders mm-hmm. like that's that like that's that's putting in fucking 18 to 20 hours a day of just just working out <laughs> yeah. um so you can do it but like ah 
<laughs> I, I, I refuse to believe that all of the people in DC and Marvel, all of them just happen to be the perfect genetic combination to, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to bulk up like that though. And again, even with, uh, regardless of your perspective, the one thing I want to emphasize is that I don't really care. Like if someone's mm-hmm. like chemically enhanced and reaches a physique that they like and that they yeah. want, I think that it's just more uh, unfortunate that it has to be like a secretive thing, you know, that they do, that they have yeah. to like, oh, they have to keep that under wraps because that's not PC, I guess, because it's, you know, it's technically illegal in the USA. I guess they well, have to kind of. Yeah. So, so I would imagine that a lot of the reason why movie stars doing it like that, because like, yeah, like they're not competing with anyone, right? Like you can, yeah. I know why someone who's competing would be like no 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 i've never touched that mm-hmm. stuff but like a movie star is not competing but movies and movie stars have to have gigantic amounts of insurance taken out on them from mm-hmm. the banks that give the studios the loans to make the movies and mm-hmm. yeah they're not going to give you a loan if all of your stars are like yeah no i i shoot hgh in the night <laughs> into, my <laughs> into my neck every every morning and then i <laughs> I eat an entire side of cow and then do a, do a million push-ups. They're like, you need to cut one of those things out. And your diet and your exercise are not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Good to I, give me your plans there. I don't need to know you're getting this stuff from China injected into your, yeah, into your exactly. eyeball. I mean, it would yeah. be like them, them making... Um, if if uh scorsese were to do like a goodfellas 2 or whatever it would be like them just be like yeah okay yeah we're just going to give you mountains of real cocaine (laughs) yeah (laughs) we want you to live this role we want to see you on the screen as this person and to do that you need like a cocaine mountain like at least as tall yeah well which which is funny the um and this is a, a tangent, but um, the, you know, in, in Scarface, uh, mm-hmm. all of the cocaine that that uh, Al Pacino's character was mm-hmm. snorting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I forget. Uh, let's see. I forget what was actually in it. But it wasn't really cocaine. It was it was like oh, a combination of not like it was a combination of like, um, sh- like powdered sugar and like baby formula, like like the stuff mm-hmm. that they would cut real cocaine with. Like it was oh, that okay. stuff, right? Ah. That, that looks like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and supposedly because he had to do so much of it, like on camera, where they they couldn't like cg him doing a rail he had to like actually inhale right mm-hmm. um if you watch movies with al pacino before scarface he has a much higher pitched voice mm-hmm. speaking voice and then if you watch movies after scarface he talks like this <laughs> right and and apparently all of that stuff will scar your vocal cords if you're inhaling <laughs> it through your sinuses that they didn't know that then jesus christ and so yeah like <laughs> so pacino sounds the way he does not because of an affectation but because he like committed to the part in scarface of like 
Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll snort the fillers that people commonly cut. <laughs> okay. Um wow. Yeah. That's like I just thought it was just really him. Sad. Yeah, no, I, I just... thought it was too. I one, well, I thought it was because he smoked like a chimney, but like mm-hmm. um apparently he hasn't smoked since like the 80s. <laughs> yeah. He just sounds like that now because of all the scarring in his his uh oh, Jesus. ear, nose Weird. and throat areas. Yeah. Um and then I guess finally to get onto my <laughs> the last hot take. Um mm. so Spider-Man No Way Home um is just a single thumbs up from me. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's fun and it's neat to see them do multiverse stuff with Spider-Man because yeah, like it's mm-hmm. you know Spider-Verse was a great movie. Um this this one just doesn't there's nothing that really impacts the larger overall story Mm -hmm. and part of that is because it's a co-production between sony and disney right Mm -hmm. and so that like they're not going to put anything in there that really pushes the story forward because if you know they lose the rights to put that on Di- which actually i don't think i've seen it on disney plus yet i'm uh, not sure um I think, normally I think... they like push that out but i know sony has a deal with netflix um yeah for first yeah, run stuff yeah there's like a time deal and then it can be released somewhere else yeah right. i remember everything about that yeah oh, and so okay. so largely it's it's um Oh, let me get my food real quick. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll just vamp. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Largely, it's a uh, yeah, just just kind of an issue of so many rights holders being involved because, like, you have to keep in mind that the MCU as it was, uh before disney took it was a single studio for marvel a buy-in studio and distributor from paramount and then one from universal because those were the the two people that, that owned the rights before disney bought them and so you have because you know marvel was selling all of their film rights all throughout the 80s and 90s <laughs> they a a lot of studios just kind of picked up everything and all of those rights get get scattered and now we we have things 28 movies in i guess where they're they're trying to tie these threads around and you know universal still owns the hulk um which is why it's mainly bruce banner and thor ragnarok like they they had to write that in because if if it's more than like 22 minutes of the hulk in it i think um universal has to get a cut and a and a logo is the deal they've come up with so um yeah like they they can't they don't really want to do anything big on those crossover movies um which you know unfortunate but um it's it's why they have the big tent poles of Doctor Strange is why they released Spider-Man in December and Doctor Strange in May. Uh, one of them is going to get way more box office. Um, 
Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the hot take that I have with, with Spider-Man, like I was saying, is, is basically it's just because of all of those rights just got shuffled off to oblivion when marvel was going bankrupt um not all of the the rights holders want to sell um to disney specifically um to keep them from consolidating it you know it's, it's why hulk um i think can't be the hulk for longer than 22 minutes in a movie um before universal has to get involved with being like okay here's our logo here's the amount of money that we need for you having wow. here um crazy yeah yeah so so like i mean that's that's why yeah like ragnarok he's dr banner for most of it <laughs> um you know i iron man originally was paramount right and so you know they they, they can never really push the story forward with spider-man um the movies are cool i like the trilogy um but like in terms of how it fits into the broader universe that they've set up, like mm. they're just kind of always non-starters because they, they can't push anything. Yeah. Um, you can't, I, now, it, it, oh, go ahead. even that, even that last movie reinforces that point. Yeah. Because we get to literally sever his connection with the rest of the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. Like no one who had any knowledge of him in like Miss Marvel Doctor Strange, no one has any knowledge of him in the greater Marvel universe. Yeah. They are, can erase all that. And then if they don't get to play with him again or can't negotiate it, they can still like, oh, well, okay. It makes sense within this context because all our guys now, of course, aren't going to remember him, you know, and it's not because we don't have the rights. It's because of the story reason that we wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know. So that's an I interesting take. I, I didn't notice that till you brought it up in that respect yeah yeah like and and it's very funny to me that when right after this movie came out when um uh sony was just like yeah no we would love to uh keep spider-man in the mcu and it's like i fucking bet you would like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. marvel basically made the highest grossing movie for sony and Sony didn't have to kick in shit for it. Yeah, like I no. bet they would love to stay in the MCU. <laughs> um, if you look at it, the box office of No Way Home alone, it's one point yeah. nine billion. <laughs> yeah. Can you think um, of what what an interesting business relationship and dynamic that has to set up, right? Like that, because you can. I think you can understand if like, oh, I won't let you use. Um this character specifically because it would be a detriment to myself but when that relationship is mutually beneficial for both but not always in a directly equal way there's always some way for the other person to say like oh i'm not getting my just desserts in this relationship yeah you know? which is is wild because i i think the way that the split came down is that like you know marvel kicked in 200 million right and they got back like 900 and Sony got like basically a billion dollars for free. Um, yeah, like I can kind of see that being shitty, but you know, Sony had to pay for all the advertising, I think. So, like, it's not like they didn't kick in any money, but the advertising is way less than 200 million dollars. 
first because it's a Marvel movie. People are going to go see it. Um, and yeah, like all, all of the reports coming out afterwards of, of like, I think Marvel is pretty set on not using Spider-Man in the future because um, like there were stories coming out that Feige denies other people in the, this, these meetings claim that it actually happened. So I, I can see him wanting to save face for someone, but like apparently the, the president of Sony threw a sandwich at him during the negotiations um, because they were going south and she was getting very angry. And so she, she hucked a sandwich at him. <laughs> wow. um, he claims that that didn't happen, but like other people that were in that room were like, no, that absolutely happened. Like he was kind of being an asshole. Yep. <laughs> so maybe he, he deserved getting a sandwich thrown at him. We'll never yep. know. <laughs> Cause you know, the president of Sony is not going to come out and go, yeah, no, I threw a sandwich at that fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. If he wants to tell you I threw a sandwich at him, then, you know, that's up to him. <laughs> it's between him and his God. Yeah, like it's it, well, and you know what's funny is that in the, um, I think it was the eighties. I, I think the uh, the re the only reason that Sony owns the rights to Spider Man is that you know Marvel was going through its bankruptcy period and they had to get rid of these rights real quick, and they wanted like they wanted like four or five million dollars for like all of the, the the film and tv rights for all of their characters and the person in charge of like acquiring properties at sony at the time was like who the fuck cares about captain america and iron man like mm -hmm. give us spider-man and we'll give you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars well, Which it's still a steal <laughs> that they bought Spider-Man for two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. But like, what, what, <laughs> what moron goes? No, nah, we're not going to give you these couple of millions of dollars for sixty years <laughs> of comic history. Um, it's just it's a wild to me how how all of that was going down um and why we're in a shitty situation now where like yeah some of these characters just can't come out and play anymore because mommy or daddy says no you can't do that no <laughs> it's, it's always us enough money it's always going to be morbid time morbius will always have a center stage so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> It, it it delights me to no end that that Morbius comes out is the single worst performing movie during a pandemic, which is saying something. Um, but it's the single worst performing movie that Sony puts out there. And the kids on the internet get a hold of it and start making memes. An executive misunderstands that them making memes does not mean they'll go see it. And so they put it in theaters <laughs> a second time <laughs> where it, it makes even less money. It made like $4,000 the second run. No. Do, <laughs> like whole tens of people had to have seen this movie for it to make <laughs> $4,000. I just want to make sure that like, so 
yeah like total it's made 163 million on an 83 mm-hmm. million dollar budget mm-hmm. but i don't know man the audacity of them putting it out in theaters a second time they thought the fans were going to be there that it was going to be more than time yeah. They were convinced that's what this means. They want to see it. All the people that wanted to see it before, they just missed it the first time. So the second time, they're all going to be here. And it's going to be great. We're going to have the best second box off opening ever. This is going to freaking beat the shit out of Spider-Man. There's all these people that are waiting to see this. Just imagine that's what their thinking was. Oh God! It was—it's—it's it's hilarious to me that they did that—that yep. that they got tricked mm-hmm. into putting the movie. Into the it's like it's like someone like really shaming you, like in the middle of the prom, right? <laughs> Devastating you, and then they call you back twenty minutes later, like, "Look, no, listen, I really—I want to apologize." in front of everybody, please just come back into the prom. And you do, your heart's there, you're really ready to <laughs> And they pants you, and then they hit you from both sides with a vanilla pie, right in your crotch. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... And then everybody just laughs at you again. My, my favorite meme going around from that was was the, the like, uh, someone broke into my car, that's where I was keeping my Morbius tickets. Now I have twice as many. Yeah. They left two more. They left two what? more. That's <laughs> so great. I just didn't want to deal with the responsibility of having those other two. Like, look, you know, you know how to handle this situation. They're in your car. Here, you take this. I don't know what to do with these, but you do. You do, apparently. Uh, yeah. It's great. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, I guess last on my list is uh, um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I have just been pronouncing as Doctor Strange and the Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mom. I, I wish that they had said and, not in, because then it's like, well, this just double compliments your story it's dr strange and the mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but uh this one i yeah like i give it two thumbs up it's really good to see a raimi directed spider-man that's also a fucking horror movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i love that you know scarlet witch flies like the evil dead zombies fly Mm -hmm. (laughs) in his movies and um yeah with with the uh, the whole illuminati thing um it is wild to me that he was able to get a pg-13 rating out of this movie yeah though like that that one like, that death three, scene the yeah go ahead mm-hmm. yeah like the whole two or three minutes that that goes on like to me is like some of the most horrific cinema <laughs> that mm-hmm. i've seen in a while mm-hmm. um because you have what is honestly probably one of the raddest movie deaths of all time when Black yeah. Bolt's mouth is sealed and he blows his own the back of his own head off. Yeah. Because he's um, that big of an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's that big of an idiot. Um, 
the spaghettification of Reed Richards is amazing, and then it, it he puts the bow on it with his head popping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's fantastic. Fuck. I Josh feel like that's, I, feel, I feel like that's something you've played in slow motion, Zach. And you watch that frame. Look, here's the frame where you can see his head pop up. Bink. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've seen that more than once in slow mo. Oh, it's so good. And uh, yeah, what is the? Oh yeah, um, Captain Mar- alternate Captain Marvel gets cut in half with Captain America's shield. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> or Captain Carter's shield. It's yeah it's it's fantastic like just the absolute viciousness that (laughs) that it goes through with um and yeah like i think it's it's metal as fuck and rad as hell that dr strange pilots a zombie version of him that wears the that wears a cape made out of ghosts (laughs) (laughs) that is so awesome yeah that was the greatest uh greatest section of the movie i think when he got to play around with that yeah yeah Yeah. and i mean and weirdly enough this movie doesn't really it doesn't really expand the story any like it it puts a bow on everything and it ties everything up and it's Mm -hmm. which is weird because you would think that it would expose everyone to the vast plurality of the multiverse yeah being what it is and now now that we have america chavez there and like i guess knowing about it means that yeah it's it's expanded the universe but it it it's kind of a contained movie yeah more contained than i thought it would be so you have to you have to wonder this is where not really i don't really think this is a cynical perspective but how like how far is cumberbatch like in his contractual thing i think it's all like a single movie thing now or at least that's what they're trying to do forward like a single iteration unless they need like specific by movie yeah or unless they need specific like okay we have three movie arcs set up for this yeah um if it's not that they want to have it a little more contained so where they don't have my understanding a situation like you had with the old avengers where like they had like set up for like six movies and then i guess maybe there was issues with like the pay in between that and then having to negotiate just simplify it and like an iteration by iteration kind of thing and so if that doesn't mean that they want to leave the movie in a state where they could continue with like two or three other things or you know they to where it doesn't feel like oh we need like a movie right after this because it's going to be a while before we get back here potentially because there's no talk about a they have that but there's no talk about another doctor strange movie you know on the horizon so it's like there's obviously going to be something but it sort of leaves them up to how i guess how soon they want to start planning things out well i mean it's it's what happens when you very very openly and very calculatedly um only hire people who were trying to revitalize their career or are so fresh in their career that they'll sign pretty much anything like yeah like if i were chris evans and i was getting paid like less than a million dollars per movie and these things were grossing billions of dollars like yeah fuck you i'm not going to come back if i don't have to 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Chris Hemsworth was a little bit more established, so I don't think his his <clears throat> contracts were nearly as bad. I, I yeah. would guess. But like my understanding of of how the situation with Chris Evans was, like I don't blame him for a second for not wanting to come back to a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And granted, I mean, you could always blame the the agent on that, but like that's a hundred percent what Disney was doing. Yeah. And so, so now, like, yeah, like it, it wouldn't surprise me if all of the actors have decided, yeah, no, I'm going to negotiate for one to three movies. Um, and I mean, you know, Disney could get around that by putting priority clauses in there. Um, no, like that's a thing, as I understand it, where where you know if it's a big enough studio they're like yeah you have to give priority to the shooting schedule of this movie over others so like you have to Mm -hmm. work with your business manager and your your agent to determine when you're available to shoot the other whatever you're doing um yeah so so i don't know if benedict cumberbatch batch is going to come back like i assume he'd come back in a big team up um but yeah, I, I don't know what that team up would be because I got to be honest, I don't know where where the MCU is going. Um, <laughs> I think that's what they're saying in their board meetings today. <clears throat> Just kidding. They know exactly where they want it to be in 10 years. Well, they say that, but like, okay, so so phase one, two, and three, and I I, I want to I'll I'll keep some of this brief because I know we're gonna in the future at some point talk about the the infinity phase or mm-hmm. the infinity saga rather, not infinity mm-hmm. phase. Um, but like with with phase four in the future, um, like I I guess maybe they're setting up something like a Galactus or maybe a. a Annihilus, maybe? You know what's really weird? It feels like talking about that direct question, it feels like they're setting up several different things all at once. And I don't know what the timing means for them. Because it almost like they're setting up for like the scroll war or like some kind of war with the scrolls like in space. Well, that's what I would um, assume based on the, the TV, because if you look at the TV, one of the things, <clears throat> one of the things they have um, that's plotted out on Disney Plus uh, pretty mm-hmm. much is like Secret Invasion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, wait, you're doing that as a TV show, but none of these other movies that are coming out around then would even indicate that you're you would be dealing with that. So I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what. No. And then it feels like there's a Galactus on the horizon too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's because they have fantastic four and opening yeah. up phase four. And then it also feels like we have, um, you know, uh, you know, the master of time. What is it? What's his name again? Kang. Kang. Yeah. We have Kang too. So like, I don't think King is going to play as big a role as you think. I, I think he's going to be an ally. I don't know. I think they're going to do like the scrolls and flip it with him huh. personally. So you um, think they're not going to make him like the big bad? No, no. I, I think that they put him in there to give breadcrumbs to nothing. 
Like, I feel like a lot of these things are like, I'm I'm trying to pinpoint what is the strongest connection to where this next saga is. So how, how, how far does this get before you're at the it's sunny uh, always oh, the, in Philadelphia, the, the yeah, where, well, like, where where you're actually making these connections? Well, like just looking at it, um, you know they they have multiverses that they've they've touched on now in two movies. Um, they have Quantumania, they have Shang Chi, and you heard it here first, guys. Zach's about to crack it open. <laughs> <laughs> Well, You're no, gonna so crack it have, all wide open, Zach. They have alt- alternate, uh, like planes of existence, rather not not like a multiverse, but like like uh, other planes of existence within planes mm-hmm. of existence. With like with the next Ant Man movie with Shang Chi, yeah, we've seen that and yeah, quantum verses. You got micro verses. Yeah, like which to me would indicate a nihilus. Yeah. Um, and then. They have Fantastic Four, like I said, buttoning up the next there this current phase, mm. um, which would make me think Galactus would be the next <clears throat> biggest threat. So at the end of this, if you don't say Mephisto, then you failed the internet. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's all gonna lead back I to Mephisto. Considered Mephisto because it's such a dumb character to bring in with what they've established. <laughs> I would love. Wait. Hey, no, ten-year-old me would love it if, at the end of the day, like Mephisto is is uh-huh. the threat that they're concerned with, yeah. the literal <laughs> fucking devil that lives underground, yeah. <laughs> not even in another plane, just under New York. <laughs> yeah, why not? That's where he is. You can dig down deep down to him. Oh man, that's like a choice I would make. Um, one of my favorite. Well, they could about- they could do a, a collar competition, so you could have classic Scarlet Witch <laughs> and then Mephisto, and we can we can answer the question of whose collar is more crazy, like who's got the bigger diameter. Well, like looking at this Wikipedia page, it's so funny to me that under Future they have Untitled Mutant Centered Film. Like, mm. fucking come on, like. Mutant centered, mutant centered film. I don't. Yeah. Know, are you focusing on one of them? Are you? Yeah. Like that's that's my thing now. Is like okay, is Phase Four going to end the MCU as we know it, and then they're going uh, to start doing like X Men stuff where they're like, yeah. here's well, you want to hear something? Cyclops the movie. You want to hear something? I don't know how. Um in it with like the latest episodes or whatnot but with miss marvel in the last episode like they introduced mutations oh do they yes yes because nice. he was like the guy was talking to miss marvel her friend who's is able to do like chemical and also like mechanical repair stuff so he was like testing her dna i was like that is that's pretty damn sophisticated um and then initially he's like oh yeah i thought it was like the same than your siblings and it's like well actually all of you share like a common link but your dna is different like it's like there's a mutation and (laughs) the miss marvel character kamala is like oh well she's basically like uh that's just that's just gonna be like another label you know and the other kids like trying to indicate yeah i mean that might that might like single you out like in some way you know um and i'm like is this is where 
we announce mutations is like at the end of a Miss Marvel episode. Now, I enjoyed the series. And yeah. obviously, that's why I made it to the season finale. Yeah. Because um, I'm not a, a masochist. Um, but uh, it's still just like, oh, I didn't think this is where you'd introduce this. Like, where you're going to plant like these seeds. And it's like, it's like they want to have, almost feel like they want to have several different storyline fronts now. Yeah. So instead of one narrative, they want to have several like, big baddie things happening at once yeah and they're trying to set it up that way um and so that when they can have like the next big thing you're gonna have kang you know you might have like galactus you know the stakes are just gonna be so freaking huge and you're gonna be like bah! but the problem is and the way that they're scaling out and connecting these things it's not connecting as strongly yeah. now i would say with kang i feel like i'm i'm there like after watching Loki, I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. This guy's gonna be badass. Um, but with some of the other things, like I don't feel like, oh, where Galactus is coming, you know. Even though like we got Fantastic Four, Galactus isn't gonna be far off, right? Uh, and then we have Secret Invasion kind of coming up, and so what does that mean? And so it's I'm almost like as a fan. Uh, it's like I'm a dog, like chasing a biscuit, you know, and then there's yeah. like four different biscuits. And after a while, I'm just like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be excited about. Like, <laughs> what's the main important thing? Um, so. Well, I mean, part of that too is the way that they've split up the television shows with Disney Plus and like they're, they're doing way more story-based things on Disney Plus than I thought they would ever do since mm-hmm. they just kind of let Netflix and ABC do their own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I don't know, it's kind of frustrating that it's like, okay, now I have to watch this show because <laughs> Zach's like, Richard said something important happened in the last episode. <laughs> well, no, like, um, no, no, I, I mean, like hypothetically, like okay. going forward in the future, because like I've, I've watched through, um, other shows and i mm-hmm. plan on watching miss marvel i just wanted to wait until all of it was out before i yeah. actually started watching it but yeah um yeah no i it's very strange to me how they're splitting up the story and i don't know quite where they're going or if yeah. they have a plan for where they're going yeah. maybe it's it's just like for me it feels like imagine you had to improvise something right mm-hmm. and now they're improvising what they want to do and they're trying to execute. Um, but it's it's pretty obvious, at least it feels to me, that Eternals had its own unique kind of thing it was trying to accomplish. Yeah. But maybe it doesn't really fit into as an effective piece as a part of the larger narrative. Yeah. Um, and we might even have a movie that, you know, let's say you like even more. Um, you know, let's say like the next ant-man movie that comes out you know and maybe it because i can tell you we watched the thor love and thunder and it's really hard for me to see how that fits in at all really other than adding a bit of color from the thor arena of things that they can sprinkle some of that color into the rest of the universe like at the end of the movie we get to see hercules and so Hercules is going to be like a new thing, you know, he's going to be introduced. I don't, I can't remember what the guy's face was 
it wasn't like someone I recognized. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> I see Hercules and I'm like, who is this nobody? <laughs> Cause well, it's, it's kind of like that at the end of um, Eternals It mm-hmm. is the, the little mid credits thing. It's just like, yeah, I, I don't know the name of that character, but I recognize that character from the infinity war comic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Seder mm-hmm. character. Yeah. What, you've already done that storyline that he's from though like what, what are you doing okay now hercules is here like are we yeah. like it doesn't feel like it's more than just like a color piece that they can use somewhere else yeah it's it's um i mean hell now that you mention it yeah with them in, introducing like greek myths and stuff too like mephisto or yeah M- mephistopheles is a hundred percent of direction they could go since they I knew I in. knew it. I called it guys. It was gonna end for him in Mephisto. No matter where he went, we were gonna end up at Mephisto. Yeah, give give me a a, a a devil character whose location is right underneath the subway. And so every mm-hmm. now and then in his little lair you still hear this rumble, 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 rumble. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's gonna fit right dimension. It's it's quantum mania size. Yes, the next Marvel villain you hear to hear first is gonna be Mephisto. <laughs> they have Kane cast as the villain, but no, he's not really the villain. It's Mephisto. Yep. Yeah, that's gonna be the big reveal. This whole time, so, Kane uh, was Mephisto. <laughs> so that's my me 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 all hour of it. <laughs> what did you do? Uh-huh. Uh, not much really. Um. Worked at my job. That's going better. Oh, good. Uh, new hire. He's doing pretty good. He's doing great. And um, so that's pretty good. Uh, lived with a pregnant wife for another month. Another month survived. <laughs> uh, and she's doing good. The baby's doing good. So we're just waiting on that. I'm anywhere between like a month, maybe till the baby's here. Um. Because the due date could be the 12th or the oh. 22nd. Wow, yeah. So, yeah, I remember yeah. you texting me that and me being like, wow, that's really close. That's... <laughs> hey, hey, you're going to wake up and it's going to be you right here. We will have uh, switched bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Zach will be like, well, I mean, I like this place, but I didn't agree to have a baby right now. <laughs> And I will have switched places with you, right? But then I would have just like walked out of the house and just like kept on going. Yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna go do something else, <laughs> even if they well, try this to. This is like the perfect opportunity now. <laughs> even if they try to switch us manually, they can't do it body wise. Nope, I'm gone. I left. <laughs> oh, like what was that movie? The 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 change up, the changeover. Yeah, whichever one. Yeah. It's that's that's my plot switch to where someone's always like, "Oh man, well, what if uh you know, what if in that movie like they hadn't killed that dog and they would have just like beat him up." It's like, "Well, I guess John Wick really wouldn't have killed all of them, so it would have just been him being like, "Oh, that sucked." Just <laughs> living out the rest of his life with his nice little puppy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh well, you need that in order to have a story to happen. So yeah, it's a conceit. Um, other than that, uh, nothing really. Um, 
had a baby shower last weekend and a bunch of stuff with that, but that was good. But that's just a lot of a lot of energy. And I popped all the balloons today with a knife. Um, Working some aggression out. Which is just delicious violence. Um, (laughs) It's the texting Zach. It's like the stabbing without the police reports, really. That's it's that same catharsis. You guys all know the catharsis you get with a good old stabbing, you know, that you just can't get anywhere else. Like you just need to stab something a bunch. And it's just a lot easier if there's no police reports you gotta worry about afterwards. So it was a really great release. Um put cotton in my ears. You miss out on the popping sound, but um my go to move is just kind of like holding holding the balloon under my arm and pulling uh, just slightly mm-hmm. on the uh the nipple uvula of the balloon yeah the nipple of the balloon and then just taking my pocket knife and just lightly poking a hole on that and just kind of squeezing it out under the arm so it's it doesn't pop it's just kind oh. of a slow quick deflate <laughs> okay i'm just imagining zach i hope at every moment you have very good dexterity as you're stabbing towards your uh, your vein veiny arms. I know. I don't. I, I mean, no? I don't stab it towards my arm. I, oh, okay. <laughs> you angle it out and, and cut away from your arm. <laughs> so Zach killed himself, but he was surrounded by balloons. We don't know what that means. <laughs> We're all really confused. He said balloons made him happy. What does it mean? <laughs> Not to make light of that at all, but. You know, and I'm an absurdist person. So that's a very specific case thing. So I guess there could be a trigger warning there for that, for sure. Um, completely understandably. Uh, so other than other than that, nothing really. Just um, doing stuff related to the house and trying to get things ready for the, the baby that's going to be here. Yeah. Yep. We probably... Probably figured out a name after some deliberation. Apparently, usually the wife is out of it if there's, you know, so really partner, it's just a partner birthing. Anyway. Yeah, so sort of <laughs> saying the birthing partner, you know, whoever has happens to be doing the birthing, they usually hand the paperwork to another person that's there if, if they're if they're there. So that would be me. And so yeah, ultimately I'll just fill out whatever I want in there. Yeah. Um, like I say, Zacharina is a very uh, yeah feminine and beautiful. <laughs> no, we have we have two dogs, and I was just gonna tell my wife I'm gonna make a copy of the birth certificate once it's done, and then just superimpose their names jammed together, and that's gonna be her first name. That'll be it, and then that's what my wife will think for like the ten minutes before I show her the actual paperwork. <laughs> you should you should get a copy from yeah. the nurse of. Yeah, exactly. uh, of of yeah what what it is well you know what's funny is um that reminds me like so <laughs> i don't know if you know a whole lot about frank zappa um but anyway when he and his wife were having dweezel um mm-hmm. the nurse refused to fill out dweezel's name as dweezel <laughs> in the official form okay. and they were touring at the time and so mm-hmm. Until he was 18 and legally changed his name to Dweezel himself, mm-hmm. yeah. um, his birth certificate 
was like 30 names long because what the, the so the nurse did not approve of that name so mm-hmm. what zappa did instead is go okay what if i give you the first name of every one of my band members <laughs> <laughs> and she's like i'll prove that and yeah it's fine because those are regular names so his name was like ian calvin douglas <laughs> edward phineas something <laughs> She was fine with him having 30 names, but not one weird name. <laughs> that didn't make one weird name the 30 regular names. That's not how math works. Yeah, well, I guess so. That still seems like I'm going to dick my child uh, just to spite you right now. Like, I'm just going to do this to my kid. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently it was clear that, that she was not going to budge on this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, I imagine he had to get like a driver's license, right? Yeah. Like they had to figure that out before. Mm-hmm. I want to see what that says. What did yeah. they do with that? Right. <laughs> they gave him a special one. Yours is going to be a two-parter. Yeah. You have a two-carded driver's license. <laughs> one, one of the licenses is just your name. It's the back and front of the card. Exactly. Your first name. And then the other license has all the other regular license shit. It just doesn't have your first name on there because that's what this card is for. <laughs> it's probably what they did. Yeah. That's the kind of geniuses that are there like me. That's what they would have thought. Oh, of. no, it wasn't one one name made of 30 names. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah. 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 You Separate need a whole, names, yeah. whole double-sided card for to, that. To do that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how they did it. They figured it out. So... Um, yeah, that's it. Just uh, trying to get stuff done. Just regular boring life stuff. Um, I did watch a couple things. Um, we've been rewatching Westworld. And I got to say that first season, even that second season, that is some good, good TV. Um, oh, really? Yeah, the first and second season of Westworld are so good, especially after rewatching it doing it now and seeing like oh that's what he meant like oh that's oh i see what they were doing here because it's it does one of the hardest things that i think is to do with modern storytelling in like uh, the kind of material that we watch yeah. now because the strength of the first season when you rewatch it for me is how much you see like the connective tissue that was laid there um, that's right in front of you. You just don't see that, oh, this means this, this relates to that. Um, there's so much connective tissue where you, on rewatching after seeing like the second season and just getting to the end of the first season as well, you're like, oh, this is why this happens. This is what makes sense here. Like, oh, this moment in interaction makes so much more sense now. And I can see it in a different like interpretation, different light. Whereas a lot of material now I think is meant to wow you on the first viewing. Mm. Like it's just supposed to like knock your socks off and you're supposed to just be like, Oh, that's so amazing. Whereas it's hard to make material that's dense enough to where you can go back. And at least for me, you, you see the unraveling of the mystery that was there before you, like, because you know, things are happening. And you know that there's a reason for things to happen, but you don't quite get why, uh, what all, all those reasons are. And so upon second seeing it, you're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And so you kind of, 
experience it in like a whole different way, at least for me on that second mm. viewing. So it's hard because I think it's hard to make material that dense. Um, and because with the third season, I don't feel like they did that. It didn't feel like, oh, this is within like the same narrative track. It feels like you're trying to do something different. And I applaud that. But it's, you're obviously not as practiced with the story you're trying to tell in this third season as you were with the first and second season. Like you were so dialed in. Um, and I think that has to do with like the third season, they kind of have to move away from the Western motif because it takes place largely outside of the park, you know? So the park is where the whole Western thing is. And so they don't get to lean on those storytelling, like, uh, stereotypes. Yeah. And, and get to play off them in really interesting ways and really satisfying ways. Now they don't have those. So they have to kind of still use the visual language they've had before, but have it make sense within, you know, this different modern context. And I think they can do it. And I'm hoping I see that in this last season that they just released or are releasing. But um, it remains to be told, you know. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Nielsen numbers right now. And who? Mm. Season four's first episode had 330,000 people watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wasn't like at the end of the third season, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I need to see what happens in the fourth. I enjoyed certain parts of the third season, but I feel like with sometimes with really strong shows that have really strong openings, like they have a two season run. Again, this is just a really gross generalization, Yeah, but they have like a really good two season run that is just like killer, you know? Um, and then they were so focused and had such a clear vision for what they wanted to execute. And now it's time to like move on to something different. And it's like, there's no, there's none of that pent up creative energy. Now they have to like create a new, like a new kind of creative vision and being able to conceptualize that in the span of like one season to the next, it's like really intense, you know, uh, stranger things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that last season, though, I feel like they've they've gotten back in their beat. I don't know if you've seen the last season. Yeah, I have. You have. I, th- I feel like they got back at least in the groove of what they were trying to do. Um, at least for me, because one thing that really surprised me, which I was for me, I was just there to binge it. But I can imagine for other people, they would have experienced it differently. It's how big these episodes were, like these freaking movies, like these movies. They did that. These movie long runtimes, and I was like, "This is amazing," but also like completely what I was I wasn't expecting, right? Um, I can and tell each... you why they did that. <laughs> I don't know why they did that, but <laughs> it really made it different. Um, well, they want to get as many Emmys as possible. And so mm-hmm. if you if you wait till the very end of the first part of the year, mm-hmm. the fiscal year, mm-hmm. pretty much, um, and release, say, seven episodes, mm-hmm. and then wait a month until that month, the fiscal month is over, mm-hmm. and then drop 
two episodes that are like five hours <laughs> total you, yeah. you can fall into two emmy seasons oh yeah that's interesting yeah but uh it led to really different storytelling beats yeah and i think i think it was the stronger for it because i feel like the the long form episodic series to me it now makes more sense because traditionally how you would set up a single episode for a lot of different genres is you'd want to keep it self-contained to that episode and so you wanted to make it so that if people missed out they had like the next week and they missed out on this last week it was fine because we're just going to set them up with a new scenario you know whether that's like a comedy or like a little bit of a drama enough to where that they can pop in and out and we'll leave enough connective tissue within each episode that they can kind of put together where we're at now, you know, whereas I think when you try to do that, like if they tried to do that with the Loki show um, that came out, I think it wouldn't, it would not be the better for it because instead we get to tell like a, a story that takes place within several arcs, but there's a clear like movement between them. So there's like a really good momentum that develops. Whereas with that one of the last seasons of stranger things before this one while i enjoyed it um i kind of felt like they they were making it so that okay we got to reach the end of this episode and then we'll kind of reach the end of this other episode and so we'll leave them like on a little thing um yeah like the traditional like cliff and yeah i think in the last two seasons of that show there's only been an episode here or there where i'm just like wow that episode is really really good (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I'm I'm not a fan of of the hour and fifty minute episodes and a two and a half hour episode. Like, come on, that's huge. It's like, huge. Well, and the, the, the well, the frustrating thing too, though, is that because they're they're still operating on beats, mm-hmm. um, there were clear edit points. For them to, to oh well, yeah where you'd think the episode was over yeah, and then it like was like was oh no yeah we still reason. got 40 minutes well the, the only reason they didn't do that um again this is my supposition knowing a little bit of from from reading online and 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 just being a lifelong movie and tv fan um if if you go over a certain amount of episodes on television your mm-hmm. writers and actors and crew all get paid one rate, and if you stay mm-hmm. underneath a certain of episode, a certain amount of episodes, mm-hmm. you you rein in the budget. And mm-hmm. so, if they were to cut that, they would have, because they're labeling it as part one and part two of a certain season, they would run into okay, well, this season is now thirteen or fourteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, now we got to start paying some real money yeah and they don't want to do it and it like that's that seems like some down that down dirty dog shit right there that yeah like that's unacceptable and i really don't like that because like you know we we the beats were still there we paused the episode and then went back to it the following day right Mm -hmm. and it's like okay this is it's not because of a story reason that you're telling one continuous story it's Mm -hmm. because you don't want to pay your your cast and crew Mm. Yeah, which is frustrating a little bit. (laughs) It'd be be like the real cynical, like accounting take right there. Yeah. Um, 
especially with a show that has so much, um, you know, cachet, so much yeah. light driven on it. Like this isn't a small thing that you would be doing. Like this is a huge action you would be uh, undertaking to try to, you know, monetize as much as possible one of your big, um, you know, cash cows or subscription drawers, however it is they, they quantify it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it's business, and I know it happens, yeah. but, like, I... Maybe then just write a different season if, mm-hmm. <laughs> if, yeah. if the upper upper crust's telling... Or not the upper crust, the, the upper uh, mm-hmm. hierarchy of, of showrunners are going, okay, well, we can't go over nine episodes, so what do we do? Yeah. Well, I, I feel don't like... cut anything. Well, how about you yeah. cut the entire buyer's lines, huh? Yeah. I feel like one thing it did do is that uh, if you had a three episode arc on some of them, it, you know, it was just, that was the whole arc. Like it was the whole episode that we watched Whereas I feel like one of the other bits that I saw. It was, uh, it was more like, oh, we're done with this story, but we're going to continue on this other thread um, where it was less like collectively uh, one single narrative. Um, yeah interesting interesting perspective um i enjoy now that they have a big bad that gets to extend for more than a season yeah i think vecna's if you're gonna have a big bad also i it was a real breath of fresh air to have a bad with a perspective he wasn't just like some luminous monster creature you know yeah just some like amorphous blob in the the distance (laughs) yeah um and it was uh very uh you know lovecraftian and yeah i don't know if you want to say geigerian with the connective tissues and stuff um but it was great like he had this awesome freddy krueger but like more more serious vibe um and i really enjoyed that callback uh like very obvious oh yeah having uh robert england yeah as soon as i saw him i was like that's right i'm looking at the back of his head and i'm like that's robert england they did it those bastards and was Mm -hmm. like oh they did it i knew they were gonna do it the casting for his younger self was spot on that looks like a young Robert. Yeah. yeah yeah that was cool um and then the casting for the young Vecna too, I think, was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, this is an interesting bad to have spread over a season. And I'm guessing her, her papa's finally dead now. Is he dead for real this time? Um, yeah, I thought that I didn't rewatch the series before this one, like a lot of people uh-huh. did. I thought that he got killed in season two. Yeah, I think it's insinuated because he's there and like the creatures there and they start shooting and obviously they don't kill it you know but then i i don't think we see him like okay. dying all right because i yeah, can't like, remember i i could have sworn he was dead for some reason and so did my wife i was like they they just brought this guy back to because like it wasn't a big mm-hmm. they didn't treat it like this big reveal that he was still mm-hmm. alive <laughs> just Kind of tried to yeah. act like, yeah, yeah, no, no, he, he was alive the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the background just, you know, looking at you from the woods. Yeah. 
<laughs> he was watching you eat the uh, the pops, the uh, pop tarts, and your waffles. Um, yeah, I mean, he had like a facial scar. I think that was supposed to be kind of implying that. Oh I yeah, I had... mean, if you don't die, you have to have a facial scar. <laughs> yeah, I think he had some facial scars we didn't see him have before. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was good. I'm wondering if. Uh, when she leaves the room, um, when like number one uh, goes out and kills everybody, and she leaves the room, one of the doors that's closed is thirteen. So like thirteen still has a closed door, which would indicate like potentially for some reason one didn't go into thirteen's room to kill him. Um, but I thought everybody else is dead. I don't know, and I know we found yeah. that. Um, in that one, I think it was the second or third season yeah, where she Callie. found all the, she yeah she found all these other powered uh, young people, yeah that are obviously, Callie. yeah from from this other set of uh, either another lab or maybe they're part of that same lab, so everybody didn't die there and I'm not really super clear on that. Um, and the I, the show I think relies very heavily on there being like two or three years between seasons because mm-hmm. they're they're not very they're not very consistent with with mm-hmm. what they do um, yeah maybe they just want to see what what makes a bigger like gets a bigger amount of interest like a real just like network kind of thing Be like oh do they uh do they like um werewolves let's try some werewolves and if yeah. they like if they like werewolves we'll give them more right We'll do another werewolf episode. Well, it's, it's funny they um, the Duffer Brothers and hey, God, we're never gonna get through MVBs, but the so the Duffer Brothers. I don't know if you saw opened up um, a production company that Netflix uh, is putting the bill for called okay. Upside Down Features, I think, or Upside Down Films or something like that. Uh-huh. So one of the things because they claim they want to um, like do these other things right Mm -hmm. one of the things they're doing is a stage play of the first season of stranger things which to me is bizarre i don't know who would see stranger things as a play yeah yeah Um, why like if you want to do something different it's almost like why milk your current property that way but then the other thing that they were said they were excited to be working on um are adaptations of Stephen King and Peter Straub's The Talisman, which is like, that's not really a different thing than Stranger Things, and Mm -hmm. Firestarter, which it's like, that's also just the Stranger Things. (laughs) It's just with one really angry one. One, though. One really angry kid. Um, I thought they did a Firestarter, there was like another movie that just got put out. Like, I'm pretty sure. Was there? Um, I think it was on TV. Yeah, let's see. Maybe I'm, I'm misspeaking. Let's see. Firestarter. Well, it's a 2022 oh, no, yeah. film. 2022. Okay, so it hasn't come out yet. Oh. Huh. Do they yeah. have a production credit on it? Sorry, Zach Efron and Sydney Lemon. Casting. Is there ever a point where Zach Efron is in a weird casting for something? Oh yeah! Oh wow! This came out May. I didn't even know it was coming out. Um, yep. Fifteen million on a twelve million dollar budget. That is not great. 
oh, they're wanting to spin this out into a franchise for sequel, prequel, and spin-off media. I bet that's what they're working on. Okay. That's, Weird. That's probably what they're working on then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't mind this because I don't really think there's much to talk about with uh, the movie. So. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Having rewatched it now, I, I I think I was I jumped the gun putting this on the schedule. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, I know exactly why this is. I know I've said this already before. This is just a D and D campaign brought to life, and Zach's like, <laughs> his little heart is just like. I was telling Hannah, this is the exact emotion Zach has. It full on face. Oh, <laughs> <my best. laughs> It's a campaign. It's a campaign. And I'd like to make a movie about one of my campaigns. I would. I totally would. Oh, it'd be bananas. Um, so getting to see that vicariously, I think, is like a really specific like fix for you. And I get it. It makes sense. Um, so are we moving to the movie now, or did I, I didn't cut you off? Did I? I oh just no, no. The recording, and I was like, oh god, no, this is gonna be no. long. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and so what else? Um, yeah, I finished Miss Marvel. That was just cute. It's a cute show. Yeah. It's got some um, some family dynamic stuff that's good. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, she's very charming. Um, you know, I uh, I enjoyed watching it. It's definitely it feels like for a younger audience, but I I didn't feel alienated by it or anything. Oh, okay. um, and uh, generally, I enjoyed it. So. Uh, I like her powers. I'm glad she's not all big, stretchy, mixed stretchy. Um, let's save that for Mr. Fantastic. Let him do all the weird <laughs> stuff. Let 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 us see him do stretchy, stretchy things, and then see uh, Mrs. Fantastic right there next to him. And let's not our brain put two and two together and imagine hellacious things that happen within that household. <laughs> let him keep keep all that weird shit to for him. And let Miss Marvel be clean and pure and innocent. Um, and of course, I knew they were going to have a cameo of Captain Marvel, and she's like in the scene after. Um, and that was really cute to see, too. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the uh, Miss Marvel wears like this um, band that's this magical band that unlocks abilities. Yeah. But it unlocks abilities because she's a mutant. She's basically. Yeah. Our first mutant in the She's MCU. She's not touched by in the MCU? Or, uh, Captain Marvel's powers? No, um, no, she's got oh, nothing. Okay. She's got nothing to do with her. Um, and maybe they draw from like a same like universal force or something, hmm. um, and that could be like a connective tissue. But it's not I mean, really it doesn't necessary. Have to be because like well, yeah. I, think, I think like Rogue's power origin is sucking them out of Carol Danvers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you see um, with. Uh, with this, they leave it up to where there could be a connective tissue with like their powers mm-hmm. and where they come from, but it's not. It wasn't necessary for the telling of the story, so they didn't use it at all. Her powers are just like okay. innately unlocked from her, but they also have connection with like another dimension as well because of the band. Um, and so it's uh, it's interesting to watch in that regard. You know, some of that back universe kind of stuff yeah. nerds get interested like when are the mutants coming you know here <laughs> I w- happy <laughs> i want to i want to see my version of cyclops you know 
there's 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 stands out there for everyone who's like, oh my gosh, I want, I can't wait Cyclops till the uh, stands though. Yeah, yeah. There's really? definite Cyclops okay. fans. Yeah, because he's always been ride or die for Jean Grey. Like she's like been crazy. She's done crazy things, and he's just there. But like, that's why right. people like him. Maybe. Maybe okay, he's also right. he's also at least in from what I've seen the take on the character recently now, at least more more recently, is that he's kind of like a, a gray morally like he's is with uh, Professor Xavier you know he's obviously there as a leader of of the mutant team for him, but he also sees like some of what uh, Magneto is saying about like the relationship of humans and mutants and how there's like friction. And so there's like situations where he understands that perspective a little bit more. Ah. Um, and so that's how he's been played recently. But then before, no, I mean, he was just always standing hard for his wife. So stand hard for him. Ultra Chad. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> definitely an ultra chat. Um, and uh, yeah. So that was fun. And I'm trying to think of uh, anything else. Um, no, no, that's, that's it from the entertainment. Oh, I guess I watched the Thor movie yesterday. Definitely not as solid as Ragnarok. Um, it. Uh, you are you marking like the next subject line? Yes. <laughs> well, so, so when I put the notes in, I know what mm. I what, what to to put in. He's so organized, guys. Look at him. Look how adorable he is. He makes life easy for himself afterwards later. Mm-hmm. Zach is Zach is the true Chad. Zach is the real Chad. <laughs> we should all aspire to be. Um, so that was, um, it's not as good as Ragnarok. I think it felt like a bit unfocused. Um, mm-hmm. And there were some really funny scenes in it. But they had to touch on so many things. Like, you have to get him from the Guardians hanging out with them. You have limited interaction time with them, you know, because we can't take that much time. And they can take up a whole movie with their dynamic, you know? Well, yeah, because isn't it, like, fairly short? That's one criticism I've been hearing is that it's... Yeah, it felt... It, well, it, I think it felt like two hours, 20 minutes, two hours, 10 minutes. It was like two hours something. Okay. Um, so it wasn't like a three-hour opus or anything but it it has to go across so many things yeah it's two hours yeah yeah and so is it only two hours mm-hmm. oh, it's one, 119 minutes okay so then really it's, it's less than two hours yeah. yeah and so then i think if you were trying to like get a little bit more on some things you could add some more meat to that um but i think they were having trouble anyways putting together what they wanted the story to say um and you know what it really feels like? It feels like they they want to have more in-depth like interaction with the, with their characters and they want to show more about the characters within each movie. Hmm. But it's like every every treatment I've seen of a character lately in in season in sorry, in phase 4 um where it's supposed to be like about that character and have them there's so much other stuff that needs to happen that you don't really get enough time with that character like with the doctor strange movie i feel like there's so much other shit that needs to happen that could take place within like several movies you know 
that uh, like his visit, like how long was he in this other dimension with like Reed Richards and uh, the Professor X and like this different Captain Marvel, like how much cool universe, like weird shit could we hear in that moment, you know? (laughs) Like, and stuff to learn about what their reality is like, because it's obviously really different from ours. Like, they could have so many other different variants, cool variants of superheroes there. Like, they could have, like, because uh, it was futuristic when they got there, they could have, like, Spider-Man 2099 just, like, chilling the fuck out somewhere, you know, hmm. being a badass. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is that they had to cover that that section there in such, like, a small slice Cause like, oh, 20 minutes later, we're going to have like a little bit more backstory for America Chavez that yeah. we got to stick in. And so we got to make you care about her. And then ostensibly we have, a, we have a little bit of strange here. And then we also have this Wanda stuff. And so it's like their story arcs for their movies seem like they would fit more the kind of thing they're trying to do with the shows. Cause yeah. if, if you watch the Loki show, there's no way with what's covered there that I could see you have a movie that covers the same thing without it just being so truncated and feel like it's fast and doesn't yeah. get enough time to focus on Loki as a character. Yeah, and that one's only six episodes. So, yeah. like, they mm-hmm. pack a lot in those. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> like, you get, uh, like, if that was, like, a movie length, you you wouldn't get that 10-minute talk with Amortis at the end, which... Some people complained about, I enjoyed it because I was like, look, it's Immortus. He's actually Kang. That's really cool. Um, but you couldn't get that 10 minute talk with him. Um, you couldn't get uh, like a whole episode where him and basically other him, female him, I'm sure there's a kink for it. I don't know what it's called. Um, narcissism? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is narcissistic, but I was telling somebody else about this show. I don't know how much we've dived into it already, but that for me, the show in that narcissistic thing was about like self-love. Like it's about actually learning to love himself, which is something he really had a hard time doing. So being more accepting and loving of himself and then literally loving himself is an act of self-love. And it's also like this weird narcissistic pang um as well like it plays in both ways like it plays true to the character but it also plays true to his own development because hmm. of course his biggest villain seemingly would be himself because that's what she was put at like she was like the big big bad yeah. and then it's like no actually integrating this self-love with yourself is like how you move forward and then basically um also yourself this other thing that's you is gonna embrace disorder like when you're trying to embrace you know order you're trying to embrace non-chaos with the actions that you're doing instead of like trying to take over the tva and like use them as like an organization as your tool which ostensibly he tries to do you know by like <laughs> his beginning machinations his initial impulses but then his uh, conversation with owen wilson is like well actually you can be more than just this re- repetitious pattern that you've been in the past. Like you can stand for something else. Right. Like you don't have to walk on this cycle again. And so it's like integrating that other version of himself where it's like, okay, well actually 
we need a little bit more chaos because people like ourselves can't exist in a universe, literally can't exist yeah. in a universe that is so ordered because they wanted to call us out. Um, and so it works at so many like nerdy levels. If you really want to like pick away at the, uh, at the rinds, um, that I feel like you can't really get that and play with that theme over and over again and like weave it in such a way, but still have fun without having an episodic kind of format. Um, Cause otherwise it just, it's starting to feel too rushed because I think the, the fan experience for the previous movies was like, okay, there's a lot that's going to happen here with the character. It'll be fun, but this is going to fit within the bigger arc of something else. So we can tell a bigger story that connects all these and you realize that it's strength when you're like watching through. I was like, Oh yeah, that character was here. That character's there. That's how this makes sense here. And so all the movies strengthened each other. Whereas now it's like, they're almost trying to be monolithic and address a lot, but they don't really get enough time to kind of breathe on their one thing. So anyways, that's long winded nerd, nerd thought. (laughs) No, long, long-winded nerd thought would be if uh, I were to go down the list of reasons why the the expected null is not the uh, next Thanos. But. Mm-hmm. Well, null, uh, like we got the Necrosword, and then the sideways connection with that and like Venom and the symbiotes and stuff is kind of interesting too. But I'm like, you won't really get to play with that, Marvel. So yeah, but they won't get doing. to play with that. I mean, yeah. so I don't, like, I don't know what really they're no doing. Reason for for them to to try to do null if if <laughs> you've got Sony's president throwing sandwiches at Kevin Feige. Um, I almost feel like that's a a way of like, tr- uh, that's like the DMs. This is Marvel trying to like slide into Sony's DMs. Yeah, you're like, hey, you like your boy Venom? Well, we can take him. We can make him a little more spicy. And we can also give you big box office numbers here. Like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> just tell us when you want. It'll be Morbin time. We'll make your Morbin movie too. <laughs> and it'll be better than yours. Uh, probably, Our, ours, well, they won't have Jared have, Leto. So. Yeah, they won't have Jared Leto, but they'll, they're will they going to get Blade in it, which uh, will definitely be better because that makes more sense. Man, I can't wait to watch uh, Mahersha Ali chop oh, off man. Jared Leto's head. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's how they're going to get rid of that whole thing. They're yeah. like, yeah, fuck that. They're yeah. like Morbius 2. Just kidding. This is actually Blade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. To uh, the, the amount of balls that would take to that call, <laughs> that call that you make to Jared Leto, that you're like, hey, we know we promised we weren't going to treat you like Warner Brothers did, but we're about to do you dirty. Okay. <laughs> we need you to come back for this one photo shoot. I don't know why people don't feel fine or would feel uncomfortable making Jared Leto feel uncomfortable. Like his existence makes the world feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like you can be rude to him in a phone call. Mm-hmm. What are you? What are you? <laughs> why do you exist? Um, yeah, so I think uh, that does its own thing. And so I kind of feel like the movie didn't get to be self-contained enough. Um, hmm. 
and it had elements that didn't really work, you know, yeah. with um, the Guardians just kind of being there in the background and interacting a little bit. But what what's really funny about it is how it read, thinking about it now, is it read like you have the Guardians, you have their really funny banter, like they're on a scene. They're like, you get like these different emotional beats from like Rocket and, you know, from... Uh, uh, Drax, you know, and Groot. And yeah. so you get all these different like comedic beats that you can go off of, like action beats, but you have Thor in the middle of it. So we can't take really the attention off of him as the comedic source here. So everybody else is going to have, is kind of handicapped like in the background, right? Yeah. Like they can't really get too many story beats. So it really, it's funny because it does read like a comic panel. Like when you have, um, like let's say like the X-Men um, and then like in the background of the battlefield, like you see the Fantastic Four and it's like, oh, that's the Fantastic Four. And it's like, but wait, we're not going to take a page or two for them. Like this is <laughs> this is the X-Men comic. They're just going to be in the background and you'll kind of notice them. But I hope you weren't expecting a lot of vocal <laughs> interplay from them. We just paid them to show up in the background. Um exactly. And so that's how it feels with the Guardians. Like they're just kind of background bits that be, can be kind of used, but they don't really get to be them at their best, you know, when they're all just like interacting and zipping off each other. Because um, Thor has to be the funniest person in the room because that's it's his movie. Um, and so he does have good funny beats. Uh, it is kind of odd, though, to see him because he does seem to take things so lightly. Um, and that that made sense in a world like the Ragnarok world because things were so crazy yeah. and they were so like zany. Um, and so him just like taking that like comedic tone was like, well, I mean, the rest of the world fits that tone. Whereas like here he's talking to these kids who have been captured um, by Gore and they're they're literally like in a spiky bone cage. And like he's making like comedic beats, uh, in like <laughs> trying to comfort them a little bit. And I was like, that "You're a little look, insensitive here. You're, you're being a bit insensitive." Um, that does not surprise me. <laughs> um, and then later, it seems like it's a little bit more balanced there. Like you can see, he's kind of relating to kind of calming him down. But there is a this, the final fight scene, which is awesome, by the way. So great final battle. But because uh, there's like two, there's one that happens in like all black and white, which is cool visually. And then there's another one where Thor's by himself and he, he, he literally has to grant the power of Thor to all the kids that have been captured. So, but he does that temporarily. So he's like, temporarily, all of you will have the power of Thor. You know, if you wield the mighty instruments that you have. And so one of the girls has like a bunny like a little felt bunny and the felt bunny can shoot like energized laser beams out of his face. Once he's been powered up with the power That's of Thor. Pretty funny. And she's just like yelling and she's just like, ah, like spraying them all around. <laughs> and so that's great. Uh, but he also, you know, has to enlist the power of all these kids to go fight all these monsters. And I'm like, I hope you power leveled that outright. Like none of them are going to get pinned down. <laughs> have like their head ripped off. <laughs> um, 
so the tone thing was was a little little weird um and then jane because jane foster ends up having cancer and comics like the comics and marvel's been somewhat consistent i think with like cancer is the one thing that you can't really beat like um for the most part most times um i think the original marvel guy he died of cancer can't remember um and so yeah so as as a fan i'm watching like oh yeah she's gonna she's gonna have to bite the you know bite the bullet here um kick the bucket rather and um so that was good you know um we get to see this tiny slice of valhalla afterwards and we get to see um russell crowe as zeus which is just so weird so weird (laughs) like it's funny if he's there for like a second right and does like the zeus thing and it looks like thor kills him because he shoots the thunderbolt like right through his chest yeah it looks like zeus is dead but then the second one of the end credit scenes he's still alive and then he sends he's like i want you to go beat thor's ass and it's like hercules his son (laughs) Um, this actor that i don't know i'm sure they've done something um but i I didn't immediately recognize who i feel like that's what i'd want out of our our hercules like someone at least that i i knew but again maybe they're super popular and i'm just not in i haven't seen anything that they've been in um so it was like wait russell crowe's still gonna be here like that was that was funny as like a gag but his Grecian accent was just so bad. Was it offensive? It was so bad. Oh, uh, okay. That that can segue into um, the uh, the Your Highness movie because Natalie Portman was the She's only one in, in this movie. She's the only one in this movie who had a decent accent. Everybody else, other than the King Dad, who who has like you know a known history for period pieces. Yeah had atrocious accents and listening to um what's his name what's the uh uh the um you know party in the back business in the front what's his name oh uh danny mcbride danny mcbride danny mcbride has one of these early scenes where he's trying to use a british period accent but then he he yells at the other character courtney and there's no accent when he's yelling. It's just straight out. It's so good. His own American accent. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then Natalie Portman shows up and obviously has like actually done some accent training. And like she's a professional. And so she sounds like she understands how to do this accent. It doesn't slip out of it. And I'm and I'm just like, as soon as I saw her in this movie, I was like, I was talked to my wife and I'm like, why is she in this movie? It is so beneath her. It it's, is so beneath her. Even, even when it was filmed, I think it was beneath her. So, like, this came out in 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, th- I don't know how I missed this when it came. Like, I don't know why I'm seeing it in 2022 from Netflix. Since Netflix knew you needed this right now. It's, it's uh, yeah, it, Danny McBride, James Franco... Natalie Portman, Zoe Deschanel, Charles Dance, 
Justin Theroux and Toby Jones, Damian Lewis. Like, these are good, well-known actors. Why the fuck was this not... Ad- like, I was looking and it was apparently only advertised via Red Band trailers, which play before R-rated movies, and only mm-hmm. on uh, IGN and Funny or Die. That's it. They just advertised through IGN and Funny or Die wow. for this movie that they spent $50 million on. Wow. Now, that being said, I do feel like the special effects are such in this movie that you can, like, the, you can see the $50 million on the screen. Like, it's not like... Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I'd not so. like it's poorly done. Um, yeah, it's a especially lot of, for that period of time. Yeah. Yeah, especially for 2011, because it's a lot of, like, prosthetics. It's a lot of animatronics. Yeah, the witches and, like, the particle effects, like his mother's. Yeah. Like, that was like, oh, that's legit effects for that yeah. time. Yeah, like, the, the you can see, it, it's not one of these movies that comes out where it's like, where the fuck did that money go? <laughs> because mm. it is not showing up on the screen right now. Um, especially with the number of good actors and especially good actors for the time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what they were paid, but, mm-hmm. um, maybe they were promised on the gross and they all failed out. Yeah. I mean, so the box office is 28 million, um, which is not good. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was looking at, and apparently like David Gordon Green is the director of this, right? And this was mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, a passion project for him, right? Um, I don't know yeah. what he would have directed beforehand that would get, let the studio just give him $50 million. Let's see. Yeah. So it's he like... had, oh, I see. He had just directed uh, Pineapple Express. Okay. And so that, did that make a lot? Yeah, that made $102 million off of 26. So, yeah, yeah, like the studio, I can see giving him that much money and go, yeah, yeah, whatever you you come up with is fine. Um, There's rumors that most of the script was improvised and Um, Mm ad-libbed. He claims that that's an exaggeration and there's more of a script in this than anything he had ever worked on up until that point. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, Danny yeah. McBride apparently at the premiere um, was surprised that certain scenes were still in the movie. Um, like there's a scene where it's it's very apparent that the wizard mentor that James Franco has been going to since he was a child molested him. Mm-hmm. And like that scene was apparently entirely improvised. And mm-hmm. Danny McBride was like, yeah, I saw that on the, the theater screen. I was like, I can't believe they kept that in the final <laughs> <laughs> like, we were just riffing because we were bored to <laughs> think you guys were going to go with this kind of uncomfortable scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah like in in like i was telling you last time we recorded it the rotten tomatoes on this is 28 and the metacritic is 32 which i feel like is a little bit low mm-hmm. considering again how good this looks and the the level of actors there are in this yeah i think so it's it's one of those things that uh the entertainment value in thinking about the entertainment value might be more yeah like valuable to reuse that word than the actual watching of it yeah like having a conversation about this movie i think is more entertaining than (laughs) 
watching this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since I've rewatched it, but I, I have rewatched it, just not in the past couple of weeks. I'd say Pineapple Express oh. has uh, has better emotional beats, as you know, as vapid as they are, they're still like pure. Uh, no, 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 because the emotional like attraction between these characters that really shouldn't feel like they're best broies. Like when the other guy, like Danny McBride's character tries to kill them and then they let him go, but he ends up coming back again at the end to try to save them. It's like, no, this guy was still going to like leave you to die here. Like last second, he changed his mind. Um, and so that being how farcical that is, I feel like that was more entertaining and like the uh, the the scene where Danny McBride's character in Pineapple Express gets in a fight with yeah. the two of them, that I think is really funny. Uh, that's probably the funniest part of that movie for me. Yeah, um, it's just the physical humor that's there. Um, yeah, I'm more entertained by that than I was by the car chase that's in that movie on rewatching it. Yeah. Whereas with here, I don't feel like there was any like physical comedy that really I found. That was like intentionally like super funny for me. Um, and then. Yeah. That, the, I mean, the, that's fair. Cause I mean, yeah. this one, like despite the, the goofy, like. Um, gross out humor jokes mm-hmm. that are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like they're still trying to make a movie. It's not like they've devolved into like, well, teehee, we're just going to film ourselves LARPing that a lot of these movies turn into. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like if you watch uh, the Anchorman two, like there's obvious bits that are like you guys are just you've gone yeah. way too far, and like you've kind of lost the focus of like the momentum. Oh yeah, because you committed so hard to this improv. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a fairly standard uh, fantasy story where there is. Um, there's there's a hero who is trying to rescue a damsel in distress yeah um, they, i mean granted this is 2011 and so it's uh-huh. very heavily like the, the whole thing hinges on this guy kidnapping a virgin having sex with her probably against her will <laughs> at a specific point oh for sure of yes. the calendar uh to impregnate her with a dragon because yeah well, it births a dragon yeah yeah, and so I don't think those elements of the story should remain into to the future. So just well, the, be aware the, of that. The mothers, the mothers three, like his mothers three, like dope her up with the spell so that she really wants it. Yeah, and so that's their way of getting around the fact that he's basically raping her. Because mm-hmm. um, this is still I, a comedy, so I mean, be aware. I'll, I'll put a, a word of warning in the the notes on that. Yeah. Yeah, um, it isn't very graphic, but it is awkward because you're like, is he is he penetrating her right now? And I think they didn't really want you to know that if that was going to happen, because then that would have made it even weirder. But then I was like, has has he reached it? I think he did. I think he did reach it. And I, I was just here when it happened. And I'm kind of uncomfortable because I didn't know that's what I was watching. <laughs> so there was a little bit of that for sure. Um, and then the, oh, really? Uh, I can't think of any scenes like that where I was fooled that they were 
actually going to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it happened, obviously, because the, the green bulb light comes up, but then they're able to, like, stop it, so it seems like he starts to get the power. Oh, I thought you meant in real life. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't think that it's that graphic. No, it's not graphic. Was, it's just the, gotcha, the implication. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not sure if the implication is that it already happened. And I find that uncomfortable. Because yeah. I'm like, did it? Did he just like, yeah. Did he just like bust his gourd right now? Did that just yeah. happen? Because I, I was here, I was watching the movie. And I need to know if I was laughing when that happened. Because that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, um, I mean, there- there's a lot of elements of that D&D movie that we watched. Um, well, see, that's the funny thing. I think, like you mentioned at the beginning here, I think you love this because it's accidentally a better D&D movie than the D&D movie was. Like, had this been the D&D movie, like, story composition-wise, like the story beats, not necessarily the crude humor, it would have been a better movie, you know? Like, yeah. it's serviceable as a D&D movie. Yeah, right? well, and I mean, this is... This is the type of movie that you would get if you were to make a script or a movie rather out of um, the types of games that 13 year old boys run. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this is a very good example of, yeah, this is kind of what like playing in one of those games at someone's table is like when you're in like middle school. (laughs) Yeah. It's gross. It's real gross. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still think it's, it's a pretty funny movie though. Um, I mean, even though it hasn't aged very well. Yeah. Um, I thought the, uh, practical Minotaur was kind of cool. Um, yeah, the Minotaur is, is really cool. The, um, his penis was very unnecessary. It's very, <laughs> it was, it was very, very unnecessary. unnecessary. <laughs> its size and its girth were... <laughs> very distracting about that like it's not something that really occurs to me it's like it's they don't even have the full length of it i think and it's still like a blood sausage it's like oh my god it's so disturbing it's like this pale gray veiny and they have this they have a physical prop for it at the end of the movie when he's trying to give it to natalie portman's character and i just have to be thinking in her head she's like okay I'm going to tell my agent I'm not doing any more of these. Like, <laughs> this guy that handing me this physical, like, giant phallus is, like, the funniest thing ever. And I'm not doing a movie like this again. All right? Yeah. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> I fulfilled my contractual obligations. Right? So. Yep. Because, yeah, I mean, she... There's really no reason for her to be in this because like if we look at her like maybe she was trying to do a like because she did a lot of stuff with lonely island around then um Mm -hmm. let's see career wise she had done the year before she had done black swan and then 2011 she does your highness and thor yeah Maybe, so, maybe though, it was like they filmed it beforehand. You know, it was like one that was in the can for a while. I don't know. Uh, potentially, let's see. Because Jamie Foxx was, uh, not to completely change the subject, but I will. Because Jamie Foxx was talking about a movie of his several, several years ago. I remember seeing a clip of it. 
um, and he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. And several years ago, he said like, oh yeah, there's this movie. It's like, I got uh, Robert Downey Jr. He's going to play like a Hispanic character, just like he did as a black character in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And there's a bunch of other comedians that are in it. And it's about, um, it's about a guy. I think he's trying to win a bet related to like this basketball game, like this, uh, was it? It's not the final four. It's the, the playoff series anyways. Um, and so it's about that. And I've been checking up on it every once in a while. It's like, Oh, it might come out this year. Might come out like next year. And it just keeps on getting like pushed back on the calendar. So I found the production. So the production wrapped in summer of 2009. Okay. That's not too far. So then. yeah, at this point in her career, she would have been like, she was in revenge of the Sith in Oh five. Mm-hmm. Um, V for Vendetta in 05. So yeah, like, I mean, I can see her taking a job like this, I guess, contextually of, okay, I guess I'm in this geek thing now. Like, oh, and this mm-hmm. is a, a movie that, that makes fun of those, like, like the crawls of uh-huh. the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like 80s, like Deathstalker and Crawl, like all the Conan knockoffs. Yeah. Um, that, That's that fun. You know what, what I find really funny about that is that even in that analysis of her perspective, like you were still assuming like a really smart, like nuanced read of like why why she chose to do this movie. It wasn't like some bullshit reason. It was like no respectable artist who's like trying to keep on developing their career has like a really measured reason why she's gonna get into she's ha- like she this stupid to. movie. I cannot imagine that uh like i mean i i'm not a huge fan of her um at all really but like i I but it goes to say both of us still respect her as yeah like i can still recognize that she is a a good actor and puts a lot of focus on her her career but like Mm -hmm. there's really no other reason for her to have done this movie (laughs) unless she likes like dick and fart jokes like i mean like maybe maybe she secretly is just like yeah i gotta get in a fairly brothers movie you know yeah maybe that's it oh my phone just died (laughs) that happens yeah um yeah so i can't see why why otherwise that would have been her experience so it uh yeah she added to the movie for sure so as far as the entertainment value and yeah, she, um i feel like she added more than um um the courtney character i'd say the, i don't really know why he's there yeah. <laughs> he's not even particularly funny as written he's just he really isn't i i don't know if maybe that guy is like a producer's son or something and he had to be there um mm-hmm. it's part of the deal yeah yeah it's like yeah you can have this money um, it's real interesting that Charles Dance is there because I think that this is like either right as or right before Game of Thrones starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, "Let me brush up on my my uh, kingly acting." <laughs> mm-hmm. This was his uh, warm up. Yeah. 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 For uh, this mean, role he's... was just like a warm up for him. It seems like he's played that role so many times. 
that he's of course he's going to be so good at it you know yeah yeah it's yeah like Danny Trejo can like play like a menacing character so well um at this point um he's also really funny so it's all it's good to see that yeah um oh it's funny there's a there was an anecdote that I was listening to on a podcast where a guy was talking about a some movie that that was ended up not being made but the Mm -hmm. screenwriter had notes like um this guy looks like danny trejo or whatever and -hmm. apparently danny trejo got a copy of the script Mm -hmm. and like harassed the director into casting him because he was just like yeah if you if you look at this script it says man looks like danny trejo well you know who looks like danny trejo i do that is such a baller ass move to do it really is it's like such alpha male energy right there like listen i'm the perfect guy for this role you said it your fucking self okay yeah it's right here you said it i'm that guy i'm that guy put me in your movie (laughs) that's so good you know what a really creepy thing about uh not trejo specifically but about his experiences he was i I saw a clip on another podcast which i've been listening to just random ones like online um usually ones that have like a a streaming component field that's on youtube yeah then i'll like pick up around the house and do like all my organizing for the office area while they're playing and um this podcast clip of him and he's not on a really popular podcast that i can remember the one that he's on so he's just kind of shooting the shit with this guy and he's talking about the time that he was in jail with like marilyn manson charles manson charles manson yeah sorry he was in jail with uh charles manson and um how Charles had uh, an ability to a scrawny little white boy. (laughs) Yeah. He was like five foot four. Yeah. Yeah. He was like a hippie. um, You know, as, as Trejo was saying, you know, um, and he would, you know, mess around with these girls and stuff, but he had uh, like suggestive, like neuro-linguistic programming techniques so that he could, at least in Trejo's mind and Trejo's friend that it was there, he could, um, like suggest you were having specific experiences. And so he would, um, he did that conditioning on Trejo and made Trejo feel like he was like high on like heroin, which Trejo had imbibed at the time. And he's like, I could just be like high on heroin because he just told me I was. And he's like, and I felt like I was right on that trip. And that goes because this wasn't a conspiracy theory podcast. That was just like an anecdote. Yeah, but that that lends some some like additional wrinkling to like how deeply involved was he with the government at the time and like some of you know um, MK Ultra shit and things like that. Um, that you know, there's plenty of like podcasts and stuff that can serve with that. But it was like an interesting like character color thing that I was like, he doesn't have any reason to make this up. We're not asking specifically about you know, MK Ultra or anything like that. It's just an antidote that Trejo has about meeting, you know, Charles Manson um, and just like a, a weird thing that uh, he had with him. So I was like, oh, let uh, let some of the conspiracy theory places like get a hold of this. Um, and there was like, there's obviously got connections. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a book that came out a couple years ago that's on my wish list because I love fucking weird conspiracy theories. Not that I believe them, but they're I always entertaining. Like, they're they're entertaining, so entertaining, but it's it's called Charles Manson, the CIA and the secret history of the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read it yet, but like just that title is such a fucking banger. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in your face. Like. Yeah, like it's because it, on the surface, it's like, I, I don't know what connection the two would have had with each other, but you but know. you've you've set the stage for me. Now I want you to see this. Yeah. Now I want to see what you're, you're presenting. Yeah. Yes, I would so, like to know more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, oh, yeah, me too. I guess if we're talking about Danny Trejo and his, his uh, <laughs> experiences with Charles Manson, it's time to wrap this one up. Um, yeah. I think this is the longest one we've ever recorded, which is hilarious to me. Oh, um, we'll see what it what it turns out in editing, because there's mm. there's some I got to turn to uh, cut out. But um yeah, uh, you know, book club book currently is Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End. Um, I think we will be covering that shortly. Um, and then our next episode is going to be The Suicide Squad. So stick around for that. Um, Which one? The 2021. We've already done 2016. Oh, okay. The, okay. the good one. <laughs> <laughs> i was yeah there's a lot I of really it was poetic stuff. to have you uh speak about the second one that, that's actually much better than than the first yeah. one objectively yeah because i mean sure. i say that as someone who actually likes the first one or mm-hmm. not likes it finds it enjoyable um despite its huge huge problems uh go back and listen to that i think that was an early early episode um yeah he really had fun with that second one james gunn really yeah enjoyed himself Um, and it and it shows yeah oh it absolutely does yeah so um yeah we'll we'll be talking about that next and uh yeah we'll just see you guys then all right bye-bye bye